Hey folks, Matt Gurney here. I think this is the fifth episode of the Experimental Line podcast, but to be honest, I've lost track. Uh, we were not able to do an episode last week. Sorry about that. Honestly, just personal life stuff. I was uh, traveling for a bit. Jen was actually in Ottawa for a conference. I had a time of the day when I could do the podcast. Jen had a time of the day when she could do the podcast. Wasn't the same time of the day, though. So we had to skip last week, but we're back at it this week. So we got lots to come. I hope you're enjoying these. We do intend to continue them. They're still experimental, but they're working so far. So enjoy this latest installment of the Lions Experimental Podcast. Jen, I want to, I want to start actually by mentioning something to you that's uh, funny. And we'll, we'll get into the dispatch in a minute. But I've wanted to tell you this for days, but I haven't been able to, to find an opportunity because I wanted to do it on video. So um, I had told uh, someone recently, uh, a, a colleague, um, but not someone who's media, uh, really deep into the media, that I was going to be uh, talking with, with my partner, Jen Gerson, later, and uh, also that you're going to be in Toronto in a couple of weeks, uh, and that you and I were just going to get together, and which is exciting. We haven't actually been face-to-face -face in about five years. Yeah. And um, uh, the person I was talking to said uh, that they know you, they follow you on Twitter, um, that you're a great writer. And they also said that you're, you're so beautiful. And I, oh. I was a little taken aback by that, but I was just like, yep. <laughs> yep, she, she's beautiful. Sure. Um, That's nice to hear gorgeous. after two kids. Yeah, nice to hear um, after two kids, let me tell you. I've been like going out shopping for clothes. It's not been a fun adventure for me. So as the conversation continued she mentioned a couple of other times you're beautiful you're lovely how did we meet and then i started to realize oh i said partner oh I, no no i didn't specify like business partner business partner like... i just said my partner jen gerson and she knew you and was stressing to me how beautiful you were and i and I ended up being like, no, you realize like my wife is over there. Like she's just the other, that's my <laughs> wife. Like that's her over there. And by the way, my wife is also beautiful. Also but, extremely beautiful. Um, You've done very well for yourself, Matt. Well, thank considering. you. Considering. Uh, but it, it, it took me about two minutes into that conversation um, to realize, oh, she keeps saying you're beautiful because she thinks you're my partner partner. So right, no. I was able to, I was able to clarify that. But if there's any rumors out there, no, I am yeah. only your work wife and at only a distance of that. Um, on that note, I would like to note that you have not wished me happy birthday once, work husband. I don't know when your birthday is. It's today. What? Yes, I'm 38 today. Do you have Facebook notifications set up for your birthday? I, probably not. I see. And I don't really care. It's fine. Okay. This is okay. First of all, happy birthday, work wife. <laughs> you're, you're beautiful. Um, but so I re I had to just do a full update on my computer um, overnight, just needed some software updates. And I'm currently locked out of my Facebook because to get into my Facebook, I need two factor authentication, which is on another device. And one of my kids yeah. is borrowing that device today. So I yeah. can't get into Facebook. So right. if happy birthday, I'm, I will fine. make a it's note fine. of this in my phone. I found, I found two gray hairs yesterday, two. It's beginning. It's fine. Everything's fine. That's cute. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's speaking of youth. I want to. Uh, I want to throw this at you here. I thought this week that I might write a column about baby formula, which is yes. a weird thing to write a column about. Um, I want to tell you why uh, I did not write a column about this. You will understand this, but uh, just for the listeners and and the readers and the viewers, 
every once in a while, there is a topic that comes up that someone like you or I, a columnist, will look at and will go, this is a really hot news story and it's genuinely interesting. And then we'll, we'll learn about it, we'll circle around it, and then we'll decide it's not actually a column. It's got to be a straight news report. It's got to be an investigated piece. Yeah. And that's fine. And I still might do that. But I realized the more I looked into this, the, the less interest I had in opining on it. Like, I just don't have anything to say about it that I think. But what is happening is that North America wide, there is a shortage of baby formula, uh, including especially some special formulas for babies that might have uh, health conditions or allergies. And I believe as well, this is also impacting other nutritional products for those who are, for instance, dependent on feeding tubes and, and mm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So what I can, first of all, let me just mention to you two things to sort of uh, buttress this. First of all, my first indication of this was purely in the realm of anecdote. And it was a couple of months ago, but I was on the phone with a friend and I happened to catch her while she was uh, grocery shopping with her baby. And I gave her a call about a work-related matter. And she said, you know, I can't find formula. She's like, like, I'm in the grocery store and I'm going up and down and I can't find formula. And eventually she told me she was able to find some, but she had to go to a couple of different stores and she couldn't find the formula her son is used to. Luckily, he's a good eater. It wasn't a big deal. He, he made a transition, but that kind of stuck in my, in my brain. Um, when my kids were little, like both my kids were, were entirely formula fed and I used to have nightmares that I yeah. couldn't find formula. Like that was oh, the kind yeah. of one of my weird parental anxiety nightmares, when, especially when my kids were little. And my wife uh, always sort of looks askance at my prepper inclinations already, but she never knew this. But I stashed in both the house and cottage some of the big bins of formula. Yep, I did the um, same. Yeah, and they were just hidden because I, I didn't want to hassle from my wife. And they expired eventually. I threw them out because we didn't need the formula anymore. But I just had in the back of my mind, and this was pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, pre-supply shocks. I was just imagining not being what able if? to feed my kid. Yeah, and I'm, I had I had my baby, a uh, second baby, Elizabeth, in 2019, right before COVID. Mm. And one of the first things we did, because of course I've never been able to breastfeed, which is definitely more detail that you than you need about me. I'm beautiful though. You are. Beautiful. Um, but anyway, uh, so my kids have always been formula fed, exclusively formula fed. And the prospect of not being able to feed my kids was so horrific that when COVID happened, it was one of the first things we started stockpiling. We mm -hmm. were just like crazy. So the formula stuff is interesting, not only because of the, the, the sheer gut level terror that that evokes for, uh, in me as a, as a newish mom now. Um, so new mom. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think I recall hearing something to the effect of like formula was one of those linchpin um, items that indicated that there was a serious problem in, the, in just the overall supply chain and that things were going to start cascading from there. When you start start not being able to find formula, perk up because uh, that usually indicates that there's something going really weird with the, with the, with the supply chain and you should start paying attention to it. So, so what has actually happened, and I will write a piece about this eventually. I don't know if it'll be an interview with someone or if it'll be a reported piece, but the line will eventually, maybe in the next week or two, I'll get something about uh, out about this. Maybe it'll even just be in the dispatch, kind of on top of what we're going to mention in today's dispatch. There's one facility in the United States that had uh, some salmonella contamination mm. and they shut it down. And this mm -hmm. is a facility that produces i don't know the percentage amount but a huge amount of the north american supply of uh, I, either formula itself or some of the inputs for formula i'm not sure yet um but it, it produces it from multiple brands so you might hmm. be like well if i can't find this brand of formula i'll get this one all coming from the same facility and that facility has been idled for months 
And I rolled my eyes a little bit earlier this week, not because I don't think this is, this is not a funny issue and I'm not making jokes about this, but I saw um, an American journalist, a woman tweeting that Biden must do something, you know, Biden must fix this. That's not how supply chains work. Like there is no federal strategic formula reserve. Like it's not like the U.S. Navy has bunkers full of formula that they're just sitting on because they're jerks. This is stuff that is produced and then it is consumed. And a big part of the productive capacity in North America has been knocked offline for months. Canada, as far as I can tell, and this is just based on my early work around this because I need to do more on this is not feeling it as much. Some states in the US, the formula supply is wiped out. And some babies can pivot to, to breast milk. Some babies can um, be accelerated onto solid foods maybe a little bit earlier than is optimal. Some babies can't. Like this is primal right in my my lizard yeah. brain. Th- this is terrifying. Get the, gu- get the guns out. Like... If you can't Baby feed babies, I, I don't know what we're doing here. So anyway, I'm going to mention that in the dispatch, basically flag it as a heads up and we'll move on from there. Yeah. The other thing I would just ask is like, is there any option of uh, uh, just hitting up the, the Europeans for European baby supply? Baby you know, I don't supplies? know. I don't know for sure, but I do know that um, uh, Health Canada uh, or I think it's Health Canada, whoever does nutritional guidance, I don't, I don't remember who that is already has a, a guidance out and I've, I've bookmarked it. So I'll, I'll, when I get around to writing something where they're, they're asking import regulators to have like flexibility on import requirements for getting this stuff in. So I think there's been some bureaucratic response, but this is, I mean, we talk sometimes about supply chains or the on-demand economy, just-in-time deliveries. There is not in North America, at least there isn't some guy who go to, Oh, well, okay. Well you make baby formula now. It's like, no, there's a few very specialized facilities that do this. And when the, one of the big ones goes down, there's not enough formula for all the babies in North America. So, uh-oh, like the dystopia snuck up on us really, really quickly. Um, to, okay, I'll, I'll turn this over to you now. Do you want to do NDP first or want to do Bitcoin first? Uh, well, I have to do NDP point because I think I want to do a Bitcoin column. But like, uh, we've been talking about doing Bitcoin for a really long time and getting an expert. And it's really hard to find an actual expert who doesn't come off as a bit of a kook on some of this stuff. So I think I I want to write a column that's an idiot's defense of Bitcoin. And that is, I think that some people in there, firstly, the whole concept of Bitcoin has been so ridiculously tribalized, right? Let's the expert elite consensus hates Bitcoin versus like the uh, libertarian dude bro contingent who are committing suicide, writing suicide letters on Reddit because Bitcoin's lost 30% of their value. Which is a real thing. That's really a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really happening. So I think in the, in this process, I think people have kind of lost sight of both what Bitcoin is, its downsides and also its potential. Um, so I think I would want to do an idiot's guide to Bitcoin from my perspective, but I kind of want to hold my, hold my, 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 uh, my role, still my role on that one, because I think that's a column. I don't think that's a dispatch. Um, what I did think was could be a column, but I think now is more probably a dispatch is we were talking about some of the harassment that uh, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh mm-hmm. took in what Peterborough yeah, this week, right? Yep. Uh, just about a couple, like an hour and a half north of Toronto, um, small, a medium-sized Ontario city. Yeah. 
So he got hounded and harassed by a bunch of these crazy sort of freedom convoyer types, right? And he, he handled himself with quite a lot of grace. But you and I were talking about it, realizing like this is the first time that Jagmeet Singh's been in the news since mm-hmm. he signed the supply and confidence agreement with the yeah. Liberals. Like he's the NDP's just not been. They vanished. They vanished. Yeah. And meanwhile, the Liberals are in a position where they are running very much like majority government mm-hmm. and in all the worst possible ways. They recently just granted a DPA to SNC. Remember that big controversy? They I, think totally... that was, I think that was a Quebec court, but they had to use the federal legislation to do it. That's right. And the federal legislation just went, yeah. it just got passed in the last uh, uh, budget. So the lever is now there. Um, you know, they've totally botched the frames of reference on the Emergencies Act inquiry to skirt any kind of uh, real accountability on why Well, they... I don't think they think they botched it. I think they did a great job with the frames of reference that skirts accountability. Yeah, great. Good job. I mean, again, where's the NDP on this? Uh, what was the other one? Oh, you and I had two more. We'd come up with two more. What are the other two ones? Uh, okay, NDP has, oh, the um, the, health, the health transfer, uh, the feds announced a, a boost to the health transfer of exactly $2 billion, which is the equivalent of sending like hospitals, like, like a box of like Paw Patrol band-aids. Yeah, exactly. So, here you so go. health transfer, and there was another one as well. Oh God, what is wrong with me? Brain, work. Well, you're older now. Um, I know. Okay, so I mean, the NDP has been missing an action on. They've been missing an action, and meanwhile, like the 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 liberal government is basically running like the worst of a majority. Oh, um, the Winnipeg Lab stuff. Oh yeah. I think that's just been completely mothballed. We're never going to find out why those those Chinese scientists basically got fired from the Winnipeg Lab. It's just never going to come out. Yet. No, it's not. It's um, ours to. Not, not ours to question why or not ours why. to question why or wonder why that's what are you some kind of you know anyway um and this 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 i mean arguably was one of the reasons why we went into an election last mm-hmm. uh, last year right in order to basically allow the 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 uh, liberals to get out of real accountability on that they were willing to go to some considerable lengths to to you know anyway so the point is, there's some dodgy stuff going on there's some really questionable stuff like well and we absolutely need to have strong opposition and the NDP, because they've signed this confidence agreement and sold themselves for like a trinket, like a, a fairly nominal, you know, dental program, yeah, are just you know have completely screwed the pooch and are are are, are squandering their opportunity to be this really potent opposition figure in, in in government. Meanwhile, the conservatives are the conservatives; they're a disaster right now. So, like a lot of this stuff is just not really getting the scrutiny and care that it absolutely needs um yeah any one of these things might be an absolutely huge government destroying scandal but the but the ndp are like yeah no we'll just we got a dental program that's enough for us i mean to me this is this is just the this is just the ndp in its entire mindset in a nutshell you know if they had actually gotten what they deserve they should be running a coalition government with seats in cabinet you know, with real power, with real access to, to, to the civil service, with real access to the bureaucracy. And instead, it's just like, no, we got a dental program. That's enough. I think the, the absurdity of this is that, well, first of all, it's not that they weren't warned. I mean, the moment this deal came out, people like you and I and a bunch of other observers, particularly those who've paid any attention to British politics or even uh, the Ontario uh, NDP, the, the BC Greens, 
the junior partner always comes out of this badly. And I, uh, in, in, a, in a dispatch we wrote at the time, I alluded to something a, a wizened old political operative uh, said, and it's uncouth and it's un-PC, but basically he said, being the junior partner in one of these arrangements is being the mistress to the married man. When he gets what he wants out of you, one day you will find yourself dumped at the curb and you'll feel stupid. And all your friends could have warned you it was going to end that way, but you thought it would be different this time. It's never, it, it's never different. It, oh. it, it never ends up being different. And the NDP signed this deal on, and on paper. Jagmeet Singh has enormous power and influence right now. In reality, he's vanished. And, you know, I know exactly how my earnest NDP friends would spin this. I'll go, oh, yeah, but we're getting work done. We're getting work done for Canadians. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even if that's true, Canadians will reward the liberals. Canadians will every bit of credit Canadians may wish to give a government uh, for or a a party, I should say, for anything that happens under this compact will go to the liberals, not to the NDP. And what and why and honestly, why would you even if they're just going to run government like this without any clear opposition anyway? Then what's the what's the value out of running NDP anyway? Exactly. What's your what's why, your value vote for of voting for them? And meanwhile, there is this incredible opportunity for there to be a grown-up opposition party because the Conservatives have self-selected out of that. So that's a huge opportunity for them to be doing something. The NDP, but they're not. Um, the only other thing on my radar this week, it's kind of. It's been a week dominated by news stories kind of from other jurisdictions. Still a lot of stuff yeah. happening in Europe, stuff happening a lot, a lot in the United States. We, we don't have a ton to say uh, about that right now. I would just add, I, I had primal scream therapy this morning and I wrote a column for TVO, uh, the, the Ontario Public Broadcaster, where I, I'm a columnist. I write twice a week for them. I'm going to have to find a way to re to rewrite this for the dispatch that isn't just totally plagiarizing myself or TVO, but oh my God, Toronto City Council needs to be disbanded. It needs to be, and I want to be very clear. Isn't that what Doug Ford tried to do? Pardon me? (laughs) Isn't that what Doug Ford tried to do? Well, funny you mentioned that because, all right, look, I want to be very clear before I make my comment remarks. I am only referring to all of this in a political sense. I'm not wishing violence on anyone, but fire all of them into the goddamn sun put them onto a rocket ship and blast them into the center of the solar system metaphorically 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 or politically speaking exactly um so a couple of weeks ago um well actually over the last couple of years there have been some companies in toronto that want to have pedal pubs you've seen these things they're the big Mm -hmm. multi-person bikes that have a little bar they look look terrible but that's they look look ridiculous but yeah basically you get like eight eight or twelve people all pedaling and there's like six in a row and they're facing each other across the table and there's a driver and these guys pedal along and in the united states and in calgary i think in fact i think in alberta you can be drinking a beer in a sippy cup like a, a plastic cup and you're drinking a beer and you're pedaling and you go from brewery to brewery it's a day tourism thing like I, I was just in, in the U.S., and I don't remember if it was in Charleston or Savannah, but it was in one of those cities where I saw a pedal pub going along. And I remember specifically thinking to myself, Toronto would never allow that. Like, is it like we would look at that and we'd go, oh, you can't do that. Actually, Toronto approved a pilot project where two companies would be issued four licenses each. And the province has passed enabling legislation that will permit these things to happen. They came up with definitions and insurance requirements. So all, all of the behind the scenes regulatory stuff was in place. And Toronto passed a pilot program for uh, eight licenses for each to two companies to operate pedal pubs. You can't drink on them, but you can take them from venue to venue. 
What's the point if you can't drink on them? It's a it's a vehicle on a public thoroughway, Jen. You can't have alcohol. Anyway, but it's the driver's not drinking. That's I know. It's completely stupid. But here's here's where we are. Um, so that's really stupid, right? But that actually yes. counts as progress. Okay. And then, and then at city council this week, the pilot project was deferred. They want more reports. They 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 want to. They want to think about this some more before we push ahead. And then, coincidental to this, one of Toronto's councillors, uh, Josh Matlow, yet again raised in, in council the idea of amending or deleting the city bylaw that forbids consumption of alcohol in public unless it's in a regulated environment, like a beer tent or a, a venue or a patio or something like that. Like, go to the park, open a beer and drink it. Currently, Toronto, officially, it's illegal. And uh, by a vote of 17 to 2, City Council has asked for a report on whether or not Toronto should do this. And the report is due next winter, I think. I don't, you know, I actually strike that. I don't remember exactly when it's due, but it won't be this summer. And one of the very progressive uh, Toronto City Councillors, uh, ja uh, Jack Layton's son, Mike Layton, uh, took to Twitter and he said, look, I support drinking in parks, but staff had concerns about the process what the fuck like that that should be the headline it's just like what process changed the law it is now legal to consume a drink in a public park in toronto and if anyone's breaking the law if there's bad behavior if there's noise complaints or rowdiness or public intoxication that's illegal anyway and we have a police force and layton Layton tried to defend this position by because he's getting he's taking it on all sides on Twitter and he tried to defend it by saying, yeah, but come on. I mean, like we've de facto kind of already let it go. There were only two tickets issued by ball by law officers last year. That makes that it worse. That makes it worse that because worse. like we're, we're not even asking for moral courage. We're not asking for leadership. We're asking for honesty. The city of Toronto has, by stealth and de facto, legalized drinking in public venues, basically by zeroing out enforcement. But actually amending the law to recognize this is for our elected leaders and the staff a bridge too far. Well, then that is no, but isn't that just Canada in a nutshell? It's true. I mean, it's Toronto in particular. Yeah. It, but here's the thing. I am an affluent white dude with a backyard and a cottage. I can drink outside whenever I want. I'm also possessed of enough social capital that I know I can go to any park in the neighborhood and I can openly drink a beer. What, what are the bylaw? I mean, it, the worst case scenario is bylaw officers come and write me a ticket and I pay it. This is not aimed at me. This is aimed at poor people who don't have backyards. It's aimed at poor people or even middle-class people who don't have cottages. And it's aimed at young people of color who would not be nearly as confident as I would be in any encounter with any state authority that I'm not going to end up tasered in the back of a car. Toronto yeah. City Council's progressives are the most conservative people in the world because they are terrified of change. And that is why, metaphorically and politically speaking, fire them all into the sun you mentioned doug ford uh and what he had done so a couple of years ago to enormous controversy doug ford cut in half the number of city council seats in toronto he aligned the um the city of toronto's electoral grid with the provincial and federal writing boundaries 
I think there might be some some differences, but that was basically the idea. Cut it in half and uh, streamline government and get things done. That was controversial, and I didn't support Ford when he did that, but I didn't support him because he did it when the campaign was already kind of underway. Like, don't blow up an election in the middle of an election. I, th- I thought that was anti-democratic, but the idea of it, if we could zero out Toronto City Council to one person who is randomly selected by like grabbing a guy off the subway on the TDC that morning with a big like butterfly net and just have like city staff grab this random person and they are city council for that day after they get over the shock of being abducted, we would be better governed. You know, it, I, I, on one thing I will say, and this isn't exactly in Doug Ford's defense, but there is a degree of Doug Ford derangement syndrome, particularly among Ontario progressives, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, a difference between, yeah, he's kind of a bit of a fuckwit and he screws up and he disappears and he's made all kinds of mistakes. And yes, and Doug Ford is a Trumpian demagogue who's going to destroy the blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference yeah, between those two mean. things. And I do remember that when he uh, cut city council, and I agree with you, I, I, I think that, that I, you know, I don't disagree with him cutting city council from 40 odd people to 20, that that was always insane. Um, however, his, the process and the way he went about it was definitely anti-democratic and wrong. And also the, it, everything about it, it was spoke to a degree of vindictiveness, right? Yeah. Vindictiveness. That said, and I remember like people were literally like break, trying to break down walls during the protest for all of that. For a couple, you know, days, then people got over it. Everyone's over it now. I I said in the column I wrote for TVO that I will be a one-issue voter if any of the major political parties pledges to disband the Toronto city government and reconstitute it from scratch. I would, I would vote for that party. Um, I think that there is going to be. I think that there is no end of primal screaming into the sun on this particular topic, and you should definitely do that. Not least of which because it gives the rest of us in Canada something to laugh at you for. Your city really is kind of terrible. It it's it's a great city with great people. It is badly run, and no one cares. And I, I've said this before about Ontarians yeah. in particular. I think this applies to Canadians. Let, let me let me give you the the hierarchy here. Canadians are bad, Ontarians are worse, and Torontonians are the worst. Because life is so good, we don't get angry about things we should get angry about. Yes. And there are things that we should be angry about. There's things we should do better at. There's things we should be demand change. But it's a beautiful day, and the patios are open, and the barbecues are going. And... I can get my baby formula. And that's exactly it. So in a couple of minutes, uh, I'm going to go pick up my kids from school and they're healthy and well-fed and reasonably well-educated and they're going to pool parties today. I'm going to be at the cottage tomorrow. We're having a barbecue. I got a, I got a fridge full of beer and uh, delicious food and all these things I should be angry about and demanding change about. Yeah. But I mean, this is a fade away. They they just fade away and Canadians are bad. Ontarians are worse. Torontonians, the worst of all. So I remember saying to Chris Selly, uh, the National Post columnist years ago, that every time I walk into an LCBO, uh, the Ontario liquor, liquor Monopoly store, I'm like angry it exists. But then I'm like, hey, woo, sale. Or, And then you're drunk an hour later. So, you know, you're angry. It's like, it's like giving birth. 
you know, it's terrible when you're, it's terrible when you're doing it. And then, you know, five minutes later, you have a baby and a year later, your husband impregnates you again. Story of my life. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, I mean, that's my partner, Jen Gerson. (laughs) So we have another, I think two items coming in from a couple of our friends and allies. So I think that that is actually a pretty, if I can do a decent job on the NDP thing, that's actually a pretty meaty dispatch, even though it's going to be a fairly. I think you can do a decent job. I I think you can even do a good job. Set your sights higher. I'll try. More than just a pretty face, a beautiful face. Yeah, but you are that. You are that, but more. Okay, got to stop now. (laughs) All right. um, Anything else? Uh, no, I can't think of anything else. What else? What else? I mean, everything else uh, this week was in Europe or the United States. It's a quiet yeah. week in Canada. Ukraine, I, think we I don't might think be... we have anything else to say about abortion. No, I mean, the only other thing is the Ontario election, but I have nothing to add on that. Like we did a primer on the Ontario election. I think it was last week and there's been a couple of bozo eruptions. Um, the word it's... slave auction are now part of Ontario political history. So that's oh great. Um, some oh, bozo if, eruptions, if... but. If, if Doug Ford wins again, can I go on Twitter and be like, I guess he was fine? Yeah, you can do that. You, I mean, here's the thing. Like I, I said this in our dispatch. I think it was, it was either last week or the week before. If Doug Ford wins again, especially as of right now, he's tracking basically... Look, you got you to gotta be careful with margins of error, but it's very possible he holds his current level of majority. He could even add a couple of seats. He might also lose a couple of seats, but it's within the realm of possibility that he's going to win with a bigger majority. It would be the textbook definition example of the, uh, Twitter is not being real life. Because you yep. go on Twitter and it is Doug Ford is an abomination. You look at any Ontario opinion poll, Doug Ford on track. Doug for, Ford is Doug Ford is fine. On on track for a majority. And you know what? Someone said something to me interesting, and it was uh, it was off the record, so I'll be vague about it. It was and it wasn't a journalist. It was just a guy who found out i was a journalist and said yeah i read some of your political writing he goes do you know that i've known doug ford for years i said no i didn't know that he said to me you know why he fails as a politician and i went well i mean i have my theories the guy said to me because he's a salesman like in his business life he's a salesman and ken ken bosenkuhl our buddy was on tvo recently and he said uh ford is not a, a conservative he's a customer service politician Yes, and right. I think both these guys are saying the same thing, but differently. Mm-hmm. Doug Ford has a habit of radical flip-flops. Mm-hmm. And it's because he doesn't actually have an agenda he wants to accomplish. There's not a goal in mind. There's no like, there there, man. There's no there like, there. He's not trying to do anything except please whoever he's talking to at that moment. Yeah. And yeah. I know people get mad about this. They're like, well, what about the autism program? Or what about all these people that uh, he, he's offended? Or what about like this group or that group? If you locked Doug Ford in a room with auti- with the autism parents or any of the, the other special interest give him groups, anything he wants, he would give them anything he wants. And then he might go back on it later because yeah. someone else would then get him and yell at him to do something else. But in the moment, Doug Ford's reflexive instinct is, I want to please you. And it's pathetic because leaders need to actually believe in something and have a plan, but Ontario, area, area. Um, that's all I got. You want to you want to call it here? Uh, let's call it here. I think that's good. Okay. Well, good to get these back. Uh, sorry we missed last week's. We won't make a habit of missing them. 
Uh, the only other thing I would mention, Jen, is that there's the possibility that we are heading into silly season, like when the summer begins in Canadian politics. Yeah, we are going to have to take some 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 time off in summer yeah. as we did last year. So just, just not well, we need a break, and there's not going to be anything to talk about. There's not going to be anything to talk about, but that's 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 still June away. So that's about a month uh, away. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's plan to do our next uh, video uh, like in the same space because I'm going to be out there on. We could do it on Thursday if you wanted. How do we how would we do that in the same space? Like I'm actually. Just, just, just go just go into your room just do it in the same room well all right we can, yeah, we can think about that my yeah, my office is like a nook and a wall so that oh, i mean work. or we could do it next friday and i could like we could see and do lunch and then i could fly back to calgary and then we can do it on friday Either well, way, you are going to be in toronto which is fun but i, I have to give you all the paperwork by the way yeah so we actually have that. to have our our line sort of uh agm and i've got to make you sign uh, corporate things i don't know a lawyer told Whatever. me i had to make you sign things have have the lawyer give me an envelope with those little stickies where it says sign here and i'll yeah i don't understand how this paperwork works it's uh, not my job i have no idea what i'm signing okay, okay. thanks everybody happy right. birthday jen thank you bye bye well that's it for us i hope you have a wonderful weekend thank you as always for listening please do subscribe we hope you're enjoying these experimental line podcasts we're having a lot of fun putting them together for you. So that's it for me. Oh, also, and hopefully you're not listening to this on Sunday, by which time it's a predetermined outcome. But hey, go Leafs go. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you next week.